Gonzaga Nation SI. I'm Dan Dickow. He's Adam Morrison on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. We continue to break down the season in regards to Gonzaga basketball. Well, it's best time of the year, March Madness. Adam is in Denver. I'm in Sacramento. We'll both be calling games in different ways during the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. So, Mo, welcome. How was your flight in to Denver? Uh, solid. You know, flying the charter is usually nice and uh, quick and easy. Quick and easy, absolutely. Um, you know, you guys uh, on that charter, um, you're basically at the beck and call of the NCAA tournament when the charter is there, but then when Coach Few is ready to leave. Uh how much time did you have to prepare to get ready to leave or was there a set time or did he adjust it in any way? Uh, they gave us a, a day's notice, so it was it was good. But I know what you're talking about. There's times when it the schedule will move a few hours. And um, obviously it's based on, you know, guys uh, practice and prepare time. So I understand it, but sometimes it gets a little bit difficult, uh, you know, shifting your day around and then it moves two hours, three hours. But uh, this time was smooth. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Gonzaga's upcoming opponent, uh, Grand Canyon University. There's a couple unique uh, tie-ins between that program and Gonzaga's program. But, um, you know, looking back, you were a huge part of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I had some games in the NCAA tournament that I played for with two different programs. It's an unbelievable, amazing event to be a part of. You know, you know, 15, 20 years after you're a part of it, I think you take a step back or at least I can and sit back and be like, wow, I got to play in this event. I got to play in some pretty big games uh, and I got to have some pretty cool moments where I played well. Um, tell us a little bit about your first experience in the NCAA tournament, what the pressure was like and, and maybe your first chance to look around and be like, wow, this is awesome. Well, uh, my first year we I think we're two seed in Seattle. We played Valparaiso um, with that, uh, you know, Blake Steps crew, with a bunch of seniors. So, um, you know, I played decent that game if my memory serves and we played well as a team. But, uh, yeah, it was a cool experience to, you know, get to play close to home per se for us. And, um, you know, we didn't play great in that second round game, but uh, we had a good time. Uh, you know, that experience was good for me to understand that I could compete at that level and play well. Um, so, yeah, I mean – it was cool because the key arena as well was, you know, kind of the, the, the state's mecca of basketball or whatever, the, the home gym for everybody. So it was all in all a good experience. I remember being at that second round game against Nevada where you guys lost. Uh, I was injured during my NBA career at the time, so I was able to go up there and it was a deflating kind of environment in the Gonzaga fan section. Um uh, so I, I know that I know that feeling of, of disappointment and kind of the sudden realization that your season is over. That hit me my senior year when we didn't play the way that we thought we could in our loss, just like the one that you're mentioning. Um, you know, I did have a chance to to make it to three. I was a part of three Sweet 16 teams, one at UW, two at Gonzaga, one being a red shirt. Uh, the furthest was the Elite Eight or was it the Sweet 16 for you guys? I can't quite remember. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. And that was the UCLA game, unfortunately, that that people bring up every time at this point of the year. When you look back at all the games that you played in, is there one that stands out being like, hey, I performed at an unbelievably high level in, in this environment? And you look back and you want to put the tape in and watch to bring back some good memories. Um, I mean, I played well most of the games. I think I 
I don't know. I think I hold the record for the the average for the season for Gonzaga for tournament average. I think I'm not sure. So I mean, no game really comes to mind. Um, yeah, not. I mean, I guess I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> let's talk about Grand Canyon or something, man. Like, I don't remember these games. Like, I they're all in the past, and nobody cares about what we did. It it does uh, it does get harder to remember some things that we both did 15, 20 years ago. And so, yes, let's move on to Grand Canyon. They're a unique team, though, because they're out of the whack. They weren't favored coming into the, the conference tournament. Uh, they won their final regular season game. Then they had to win four games uh, in Las Vegas to advance. They're a, they're a unique team in the fact that they're they're led by former NBA player Bryce Drew. They run a pro style offense. Um and there's a connection in that Roger Powell, Gonzaga's assistant coach, coached with Bryce at Valparaiso as well as at Vanderbilt. Um, did you ever play against Bryce? And or what are you? What are your memory points uh, about Vanderbilt or or sorry about Grand Canyon or Bryce Drew? Well, we played against Valparaiso, like I mentioned, my my freshman year, and his dad was still at the program. Um, but uh, yeah, he's the you know ascending coach. I think Grand Canyon's a, a you know a, a good job that can turn into a better one if that makes sense. It's a program that wants to win. It's obviously a university that's making a ton of money, so they're investing and in trying to um, be good at sports. And it's obviously in the Phoenix area very de uh, desirable. So you know the connections are interesting. You know with Roger being there, then our video guy Kurt being there as well, and then obviously Liam Lloyd, Tommy Tommy Sun yeah. played there. Um, I think last year he transferred. So, I mean, there's some familiarity, which is kind of neat and kind of cool to be able to, you know, kind of have an inside track on what they run and their tendencies and whatnot. Well, they got three guys that average uh, double figures. Ray Harrison uh, had 30 points twice in their conference tournament. He averages close to 18 a game. Uh, big guy Gabe McLaughlin averages about 13 and eight. And then another guard, Chance McMillan, almost 11 points per game. They don't score it unbelievably. Uh, they don't play with that with unbelievable pace the way that Gonzaga does. I think they're mid fifties efficiency, efficiency wise. Uh, defensively, they're hovering around 200 in that regard. So when you when you think about it and you look at, look at the numbers, Gonzaga should have their way. But with a team coming in on a five game winning streak um, and playing with nothing to lose, it can be difficult. What what if is there one player on Gonzaga that you would like to see get off to a great start in this NCAA tournament? Well, I think our backcourt has to play well, and I think so. You know, if we can get Nolan shooting the ball well um, early and scoring the basketball. It's just going to be another advantage. Obviously, Julian Strother comes to mind as well. He's played great all season. Same with Drew Timmy. Um, but, you know, like Rashir or, or um, Nolan Hickman would be nice to get them going offensively. They played great as far as, you know, floor game, and, and they've had their moments. But, you know, to make it far in the NCAA tournament, you guys got to have perimeter scoring. We know that. So if those two guys can get going in the backcourt, it'd be, um, you know, an extra bonus for us. Yeah, I, I, I think the same. I think the other guy would be Malachi Smith. You know, obviously he's had a couple games where he, he he's kind of been, I, I don't want to say non-existent because that's not that's not fair, um, but he's had a couple quiet games offensively. Then he's had some, some monster games where he stepped up in big moments. I think this is a, a prime uh, opportunity for him to kind of come in off the bench, feel the game out while he's watching the first stretch and, and then put an imprint on the game. 
going back to your your freshman year, you were kind of that guy where you could sit on the bench, see maybe how they were guarding people, uh, see what sets were possibly uh, working or, or how you could provide a punch. How big of an advantage is that to a guy like Malachi Smith who has a lot of experience? Well, if, you know, he's a score first guard, which is the reason why he's at Gonzaga, um, you know, it gives you an advantage because you can kind of feel out uh, how the defense is playing. You can see how they're playing ball screen action, uh, DHOs and all that stuff. Um, but also it can make it tight on a guy too, because you're, you know, you get a five, six minute run. If you don't make shots, sometimes you come out. So he's the right, uh, he has the right mindset for the the role and he's done fantastic this year. But sometimes, like you said, the, absent games were just the game wasn't flowing for you and we have so many other good players that your minutes are just cut so it can be difficult with the personnel that we have in that sense but he is the guy um, that has to play well um, throughout this tournament if we want to make a deep run off the bench got to give us that 10 to 15 16 point type of night um, where he can score in bunches you and I talked about uh, end of season awards and the fact that Drew Timmy had to share the player of the year award, uh, I thought was a disgrace. Uh, I like Pajemski. He's a good player, um, but I didn't see him on any All-American awards lists. Drew Timmy was uh, named second team AP All-American for a third year in a row. A uh, little bit disappointing. I thought that it was second team uh, because he's done that for three years now. But again, tremendous award and honor for him. Um, were you surprised he was second team and wasn't able to sneak into the first? Um, maybe, you know, but it's, it's hard to tell sometimes it's, you can argue about the, the West coast bias or East coast bias being on the West coast. And it's impossible to gauge how people, uh, you know, vote for those major awards. But I think the, the crime was the share in the, and Bajetsky a good player, but it's also like what they finished fourth or fifth this year. You know what I mean? And like, uh, Drew absolutely took over games in the West Coast Conference. So, um, but three-time All-American is a pretty good um, deal to have on your resume. Obviously, one of the best players that's ever played at Gonzaga. So happy for him in that regards. But, you know, maybe you could argue, you know, first team was deserved. But, you know, three times in a row being on All-American period, the top 10 player in the country is is really special. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. In fact, in fact, that he's coming from Gonzaga and doing that shows you where the program is now. Uh, and they have those guys, uh, you know, coming in all the time. You're a huge basketball fan. You watch a lot of it. You're calling the games on Friday, uh, the game Friday. If they win, they play Sunday. To me, this is Thursday is the best day of the year. Friday is as well, because um, growing up, kids will skip school to watch all the games. You're preparing a little bit on Thursday. I'm sure you'll go to shoot around for Gonzaga to prep for the game Friday, but how much of the games will you be watching on Thursday? Um, I'll watch most of them. It's like you said, it's one of the, you know, more fun times of the year. And then you kind of just get glimpses of every game and kind of just uh, get to a good bar or a good, uh, you know, seat on your own couch and enjoy the games. Cause it's, it's really special and fun to watch you know, all these different types of teams and, and obviously nobody follows all of them. So then you kind of fall in love with players and, and groups real quick and you start uh, rooting for different teams. So I'm excited for it. Is there one or two other programs that you're pulling for based off of maybe a relationship with, with a coach or a, a player that you watched during the year and like, man, I like that guy. Uh, I think Arizona is always going to be our second favorite team in, in the Northwest just because Tommy Lloyd and, 
obviously Leon Rice as well in Boise State. So, you know, I always root for your buddies and hopefully there's never a situation where we have to play each other. It almost happened last year with the Memphis-Boise State matchup. Would have been kind of awkward to play them in the second round. Um, I know th people think it's weird, but you don't you don't want to play your buddies. I think it just makes it awkward. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but I'll be rooting for, uh, you know, Tommy Lloyd and uh, Leon Rice. So I filled out two different brackets. One I did on uh, Monday when I was back in New York doing some studio work with CBS. In that bracket, I flipped a coin. I had Arizona beating Alabama to get to the final four. And then I ultimately had Gonzaga beating Arizona in the title game. Now, I know. I got hit by by the the other guys in studio that it's my West Coast bias, but to your point, I was I'm pulling for Tommy. Obviously, I think Gonzaga is going to break through at some point. The way they played the last six weeks, and the fact that there's no clear cut favorite, I think lends itself to Gonzaga. This may be being their year. Uh, in my other bracket, I have flipped a coin again, and this time it's Alabama playing Gonzaga. But then I also have. Uh, Houston and I have Marquette in my final four. Who do you have? Um, didn't fill out a back bracket, so really? I will be rooting for Gonzaga. I haven't done a bracket in probably 20 years. Um, I am taking the high road on the gambling aspect of it. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just never fill one out. But I think like Houston, it, my final four would be Houston, Gonzaga. Arizona. Now, if I'm off on where the regions are, but I'm just thinking of my favorite four teams. I like Marquette. I think it's great for Shaka Smart to get another chance and have some success. I think the deal at Texas was kind of awkward for him. Um, but I think there's really six to eight teams that can really legitimately make it. There's no clear-cut dominant team that we've seen. I think even like a team like Duke that's a five-seed is scary. You know yeah. what I mean? That That's like, how'd they get a five-seed? So it's literally wide open. That's not a cliche. It's wide open as it's ever been this year um and years past so i'm just looking forward to some good games good matchups yeah i think uh i think this is set to be the best tournament in quite some time uh to watch as a fan for upsets because there's going to be some players that make some amazing plays and have some performances that make you scratch your head there's going to be some teams that you're going to ask where did they come from yet they're going to beat some traditional powers and blue bloods and i think it lends itself for a lot more interest in the years to come because uh, with all the conference realignment, people are going to start paying, I think, and I hope, less attention to some of the Power 5 schools and understanding that NIL and the transfer portal allows you to balance things out in a hurry. Yeah, no, I agree. I think NIL is going to help the West Coast Conference and the smaller you know, schools that may not have a chance on a you know top 100 kid and then they, it doesn't work out for them and they realize, go where you can play. And so... I think there's going to be a lot more balance uh, down the road, but yeah, it should be an exciting tournament this year. Honestly, it's one of the best times of the year. One of the best sporting events. I think it's one of the only sporting events that there's nothing really to change. Like they got it perfect. You know what I mean? 68 yeah. is perfect. 64 or whatever, but it, it, there's like no tweaks that need to ha uh, happen um, to make it fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I hope they don't change uh, and expand the bracket, which has been talked about. And we, we can chat on that in a future episode. Uh, we'll keep going as long as Gonzaga is playing with this Gonzaga Nation SI podcast, but Mo get yourself a good dinner. I know you guys just got into Denver from the charter flight from Spokane. Uh, you got a big day of watching games. Um, I look forward to uh, watching the Gonzaga game and I'll probably turn on the, uh, the old iTunes 
however to watch and listen to you guys. You and Huddy do a great job. I'll probably listen to part of it and then watch the other part on Friday. So uh, have a good dinner and we'll talk soon.